Welcome. My name is David Hart, a lifelong advocate for individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Do you believe as a parent, sibling, guardian, or caregiver that you know what is best for your loved one? Do you need advice on how to identify, find, advocate, and access the resources you need? Navigate state-provided services, access services provided by your school districts, and ensure that your loved one is receiving the proper health care. Do you worry what will happen when your loved one becomes a legal adult? Or the inevitability of who will care for them when you pass? If you've answered yes to any of these questions, then this podcast is for you. One Size Does Not Fit All is the podcast of the Concerned Advocates of New England. Every month, we delve into issues and questions caregivers have and provide advice, resources, and hope. Thank you for listening. Welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All, the podcast of the Concerns Advocates of New England. This is part two in the series of interviews with George Marvitas. On this episode, George and I discuss the differences and similarities of a facility and community living settings. Please enjoy. Yeah, no, George, you're right. And, you know, and, and to take just a quick step back as we, you know, as we describe our loved ones and, and their, you know, their medical challenges, their intellectual challenges and all of that. Um, this is one of the reasons, and this is actually the main reason why I crafted the name One Size Does Not Fit All, oh, absolutely. And, which is the name of the podcast. And unfortunately, and I, George, I, and, I, and I know you'll agree because we've had this discussion and we might not have said it exactly like this, but the simple fact of the matter is, is that all policy that is being made right now and it was made 20 years ago, 30 years ago, was all based that you were diagnosed with, as we say, mental retardation or intellectual de- developmental disabilities, and we were going to have one policy and that was going to fit all. And that's where that's always been my strong argument is, is that these are individuals and every one of them has a different, a a different diagnosis or a different level of need. So how can you create policy that only that serves only one group where there's several other subgroups within these groups? Uh, This is the, the, the crux of the story. And one of the better examples again from Fernald, not to beat them to death. But as these family, these individuals who were capable of living in the community were constantly moving out based on um, obviously the higher level people were moving out first, but as group homes were being built and we haven't gotten to talking about Judge Toro and the class action lawsuit, but at the same time, Social Security uh, under Title 19 was building more homes in the community. And for these people, the least restrictive environment was in a house and you name the city uh, and things moved along. At Fernal, they were moving people to some of their newer buildings and Joanna eventually moved to a ranch style building and it had a complete kitchen. And 
all of the amenities that goes with it. And the facility director says to me, well, we're moving Joanna to Malone Park 21. It's a nice building. It's got this. And George, furthermore, it's got a complete kitchen. And Joanna and the staff will be able to provide their own meals. They'll be able to do their own cooking, uh, shopping for food, and all this kind of stuff now that they're here. And I'm saying, no. <laughs> Joanna hasn't got a clue. That's right. She says she's hungry. She expects food. Up until now, whatever year that was, her food has been coming from the central kitchen at Fernal. Sure, and it right. was either pureed or chopped up because of uh, her eating ability and so forth. I said, that's not going to change. She's not going to cook in this kitchen. The other people in the apartment are not going to eat in that, are not going to cook in that kitchen. They're not capable. Right. So she's living in a place, but she's never going to use the kitchen. She's going to get her food from the, from the central kitchen of the grounds. And there was an incident. He said, oh, okay, I guess you're going to win that argument. I said, yeah. <laughs> I'm winning the argument, George. With simple logic. <laughs> yeah, she, she moved into a building, but her own cognitive level didn't go up. Right. Uh, except that, uh, you know, we had a, a friend in during those years uh, who, who used to make the snide comment that somehow that individual uh, before going to, you name the town, uh, passed through Lords and had a, uh, a magnificent uh, change, again, referring to the Catholic religion of being all of a sudden they're college el eligible. Right, right. And now they're not. Right, you know, a miraculous they're, miracle, they're exactly. Still whatever they are, they're not right. going to Hobbit next week. I can remember a story, you talk about you know, group homes in X city and things along those lines. And I can, and, and I can remember, I, it, I can remember my dad was involved with, with, a, with an effort. And I don't remember what the city or town was, but there were like three or four cities and towns that were just saying, absolutely not. We do not want any group home in our city or town. And I, I always remember this and I, I wish I could remember what the exact name of the law is, but the, 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 definition of it basically was that um it was the not in my backyard law oh yeah we talk about a nim a nimby syndrome for that thank, yeah thank you the law as such but there definitely was an attitude right and uh, i remember uh representative to say eventually a state senator representatives right yeah uh who was trying to push one in wakefield and uh Part of his argument with the town of Wakefield was, well, they already have one in Linfield, so you're next. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I and I can remember my dad spending a lot of time on this. And you know, I remember him saying to me years later, he said, you know, and, and none none of us, none of the people that I mean, because the, the facilities were basically everybody that needed that level of care or slightly higher, lower, whatever it might be started there and none of the parents at the facilities and, and you're a great example of it, joanna grew out of where she was she would she got 
she got more attention in Linfield and, and it worked for her. But none of the parents were against these group homes. Get, but she didn't get anything from the neighborhood. Well, the that's my point. Exactly. Yes. Was the apartment had four people in it instead of eight. Exactly. So her it, uh, went from, from I, eight I, to I, four plus staff. Yeah, I, are you a member of a, of a large family that you had a lot of brothers and sisters? Well, you were you an only child like me? Uh, right. And all the combinations in between. Right. It's the only thing I saw of going to Linfield, but she never went out to play with the child next door. Exactly. Exactly. And that and that's always been. And I know from in our advocacy days going to D.C. And, and, and making the rounds on the Hill and so forth. I mean, that's always one one discussion that I've always used with these, you know, with these um, uh, these admin people and, and um, the staff of the senator or the representative and saying, you know, first of all, have you ever been to a facility? Do you know what one looks like? Most of them say no. They didn't even know that they existed. Have you been to a group home? Well, yeah, maybe. I think there's a group home that's in my community. I'm not sure. A lot of them had no idea. And the scary part, George, is these were the individuals that were helping to set policy. Right. You know, and it's and and you know, our efforts advocating on the hill were to try to at least educate, educate these individuals that again, one size does not fit all. Um, and and I think we we were successful. I mean, we had our we had a few wins here and there, and we had we had a lot of losses too. Right. Um, but if nothing else, I think our biggest win was is that, and this is throughout the country because we you know we we always had connections with other families throughout the country, and we had a pretty good group. Is that they the the, the closure may eventually happen, but we bought these individuals in some cases, 10, 15 years or more of, you know, going the back and forth and the, and the place is not closing, which we'll talk about. I mean, that, that whole, that whole tactic at Fernald's and, and keeping it going as long as we could and all of that. And you played such an instrumental role in that, but that's, that's in a minute or two.